I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts, and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today is one of the 2019 recipients of the Governor's Awards for the Arts. Uh, this particular award is for accomplishments in arts administration, an individual who has shown sustained, impactful, and visionary executive leadership of an arts organization. And I would take that one step further, uh, exemplary leadership in the arts in the greater Wilmington and Delaware community beyond an arts organization. Ray Jones Avery, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. I'm so, uh, so glad that you're here to to talk about your more than 30 years of involvement in the arts here in, in Wilmington. But before we do that, um, the arts are not just a career for you. They they really are integral to your life. Could you talk about the arts? Because you are also an, an outstanding performer, a jazz musician. Well, th- thank you so much. I, I have been... Um just really uplifted by arts experiences um since I was very young um i my I moved here with my parents obviously from uh, philadelphia um around when I became school age and I lived in West Wilmington, which is a very multicultural um diverse community and so the arts were uh, although a, a working poor community, the arts were very prominent. Uh, we had uh, music. It was during the sixties. We had uh, groups that would sing, uh, primarily uh, young men, on street corners and you know doo wop days. And and uh, we had uh, enrichment programs where we went to see you know professional theater. The city of Wilmington took us on cultural trips. Uh, we we did all kinds of of we had we had exposure that unfortunately uh, not as many young people have today. And so. Um, you know, I was growing up listening to the Supremes and other groups, and I, I just enjoyed singing. I thought that I thought that I could sing, and for this reason, because I could sing what was on the record, like the record, mm-hmm. and uh, for the most part. And I really wanted to be a singer. And my mother thought that it was the silliest thing in the world. She was like, you know, get that pipe <laughs> dream out of your head. You know, that's not something that you grow that you, that you grow up to to be. You know, you're going to go to college. And my mother was the first a person in her clan to go to college and uh and she just didn't really support my dream and so you know i i, tr- I have always done both like i continue to sing when you, when the creator puts a song in your heart no no one can take it away from you <laughs> and so i continue to sing but i was not formally educated um my good friend a uh, longtime childhood friend Gerald Chavis he's been studying uh music and taking lessons since he was like maybe 9 10 years old and my other good friend, Faustina Dixon, she had a, a baritone saxophone that was bigger than she was getting on the school bus when we were in high school at St. Mark. So I've always been in a circle of, of musicians, but I did not have a formal lesson until I was an adult. Hmm. And I took that lesson at the Christina Cultural Arts Center. Not only was I an adult taking my first formal voice and piano lessons, I was the mother of two, two very young children. Mm-hmm. And so my journey has not been a traditional one. You know, I can't say I studied at the conservatory or that I have a degree in art history, uh, but the road less traveled is always an adventure, and it's been really an interesting ride. And you have taken that love of the arts and that engagement in the arts into three decades of, of arts administration. You came to the Christina Cultural Arts Center 
1991, I believe. Yes. Um, let's go back to that that those early years of your involvement in arts administration in Wilmington. What? How did you get involved in that? And what was the impetus for that? Okay. So my, my career as a professional has always been in the nonprofit sector. Mm-hmm. I worked uh, for Community Action of Greater Wilmington. I worked for Planned Parenthood of Delaware. And I came to Christina from the United Way of Delaware, where I had been the director of planning and research for six years. And I wanted to get back into direct services. Uh, Christina's uh, executive position was open, was vacant, as was Western Neighborhood House. And I interviewed for both. And, of course, I thought that I would have to decide between the two. But West End didn't offer me the position. Um, And I came to Christina uh, following a very well-known, highly visible executive director, Joseph Brumskill. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the organization was quite different. I was a student at Christina. But being a student and and being an administrator are very different. And um, when I came to Christina, Christina was in a bit of a crisis. Uh, student uh, enrollment was down. Uh, the uh, position that I was hired for had been vacant for over six or seven months. Mm. The position, the education position, had been vacant for even longer than that. So it was really a skeletal organization. Was it on Market Street? At it the was. Time? Uh, no, it was uh, in uh, on Seventh and Church in the original. Okay. Yes. Parish House of Old Sweets Church. Right. So okay. it's still, still in that building, a beautiful building. Right. Um, and uh, the biggest, and, and so, you know, I've always been in a situation where you work with a group, team of people to make something out of, uh, out of what looks like, you know, a troubling time. You make mm-hmm. something good out of it. So I was okay with that. The biggest hurdle, though, was we got evicted from the building. So I'm a new time, first time executive <laughs> director. I have a skeletal staff. Of two, I have a declining enrollment. I had we had we had a very small budget, and because I came from United Way, I had my friends study their finances. They said, "Ray, this is a ten-minute study. Mm-hmm. You don't have much work that you're working with." Uh, but to get evicted from the building was pr- was pretty traumatic. Uh, Lynn Howard was the board president mm-hmm. that hired me, mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to enlist the support of James Gilliam Sr., um, Ansley Fairman, who was the then. Uh, executive of Longwood Foundation and others to form a capital campaign committee. And we were able to purchase the building at 705 North Market, where the organization currently is. is. Mm-hmm. We were one of the anchor original organizations um, in what is now a booming uh, cultural scene. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1991, it was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Grand was there. And I think the History Center was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Historical Society to be accurate. Right. That was pretty much it. DCAD was not there. Right. Um, the the grant hadn't expanded uh, to have offices for other arts organizations. Uh, so, but that that trauma really turned into a triumph because mm-hmm. Christina was able to be, be in a position of ownership in a commercial downtown district. Uh, we subsequently uh, secured another building um, in 1998 that housed Kaumba Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the uh, charter school that was that we founded. The only nonprofit to actually f- uh, be the founder of a uh, charter school in Delaware at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. LACC uh, came along later on mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, La Academia, mm-hmm. and so uh, 
It's 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 been an interesting. Um, it's not just about the arts. It really is about community development. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I I'm glad that's a great segue because I, I wanted to ask you. I mean, the Christina Cultural Arts Center and uh, today is it it is an arts center, but it is individual focused. It is family focused and it is community focused. Could you talk about that evolution or that growth of the Christina Cultural Arts Center over time? Okay, so. Again, in hearkening back to my own personal experiences, when I was growing up in Wilmington, even though my friends studied privately, I didn't know a place like the Christina Cultural Arts Center existed. And I, so as an adult and being aware, I, I thought it was just absolutely essential that we get, uh, we have form a laser like focus on making um, the appreciation and the study of the arts more accessible than it was when I, when I arrived to very low income uh, children and their families, not just the children. And so we've worked really diligently to, to do that. But in, in, in targeting that uh, part of our community, there are other needs that they have. Uh, we have many, many people whose basic human needs are not being met for food, for shelter, um, and, and just to, to feel that they are part of a community. And, and so our programming has been really uh, those values of arts equity, you know, mm-hmm. and doing more for people that have less, that are disadvantaged, that has undergirded the programming over over the last um, twenty eight years since I since I've been there. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about the range of of arts programs that you have at the Christina yeah, Cultural? Yeah, so arts we Center? have a five star full day uh, preschool, mm-hmm. and people refer to it as a daycare. It's not a daycare. These mm-hmm. these young people and these teachers are preparing for kindergarten readiness, mm-hmm. and everything that I'm going to describe the Arts are interwoven. Arts learning is at the center. So we have the five-day, um, I mean, the five-star full-day preschool. We have 43 and four-year-olds from September through June. Hmm. And we started hmm. en- enrolling three-year-olds two years ago because nine months to get a four-year-old that has never gone to a structured program before to get them ready for kindergarten was insufficient. Mm-hmm. And so now we have a children for two years. Hmm. And uh, many of them leave reading Wow. Not just knowing what their colors and numbers right, are. Right. Uh, we have youth violence prevention programs. These are after-school programs, uh, the the ones I'm about to describe. The youth violence prevention program called Heart Under the Hoodie. And that is symbolic that when we see people that are dressed in a certain kind of way, with, you know, tees on or, you know, hoods on or whatever, that doesn't mean that they're hoodlums. Right. That just means that they're just dressing that the way the contemporary fashion sure, is, sure. and we shouldn't judge people by their outward appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that program uh, services about five schools. It's targeting middle schoolers, but we started taking siblings because we didn't want to split families up. Mm-hmm. So that operates um, four days a week. We have private and group instruction. Level classes based on you know whether you're beginners or intermediate or whatever. That's for ch- very young children through adults. So we have programming for adults as well, and people don't realize that. And music, dance, um, and uh, music and dance, and some drama. Uh, our visual arts um, is uh, uh, not as comprehensive as our other programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there's so much more to talk about, but I want to first remind our listeners that you're tuned into Delaware State State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is the executive director of the Christina Cultural Arts Center, 
and a recipient of a 2019 Governor's Award for the Arts for Arts Administration, Ray Jones Avery. Ray, you've been t- we've been talking about uh, the, the the learning opportunities at the Christina Cultural Arts Center. Your your impact goes so far beyond the Christina Cultural Arts Center. I mean, I, I look at your resume and all the different boards and commissions that you have been on or currently serve on. Uh, you mentioned the Kwumba Academy earlier. Talk about art education, what that means to you, and you, you use the term arts integration. How, how, how is that of benefit to students? I just think that it's just fundamental to our our growth and development as human beings. And so we know that numeracy and mathematics and and um, learning how to speak um, the English language and to write and communicate effectively is so very important. Understanding science and history, very important. But the arts and are embedded, and creativity is embedded in everything. And so we don't talk about STEM, we talk about STEAM. And arts education, I believe, is a fundamental right uh, for for. All, all children and, and, and adults, hopefully uh, as children uh, grow up, that it becomes uh, embedded and core in their DNA, uh, and they always seek it out. But that's not the case, Paul, and, and you, and you mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. We have um, a differential distribution of arts education across the state, and some schools have a very wide range of offerings, and other schools have nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that is um, the absence of art, artistic learning, because it helps you to get in touch with who, who you are as a human being, you know, and it helps us to connect one with another on a very human level. Uh, so proficiency is one goal, but that is not the only goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and so it, sad, it saddens me that we have um, that we have students that, that don't have the opportunity to be uh, enriched by the joy of music or in singing or playing an instrument or, you know, taking a look at as something in their in their world and photography or or some some drawing or sketching that I'm I'm really saddened by that and so honestly that that drives me mm-hmm. it it it, it fuels me and and um to advocate that we should do better mm-hmm. now in in one of the descriptions I I read of you I think it was maybe in connection with a, a TEDx Wilmington talk that you gave you were described as an artist activist what do, what does that mean to you, and how how do you see what what does that say about you? Well, to to uh, be an advocate is to be for something, to be for a cause, and so in in my own personal mission uh, statement, uh, I am for equitable opportunities for everyone, and so in order to persuade others. You have to share information, first mm-hmm. of all, because every we don't all have the same information. You know things I will never know. Mm-hmm. So an artist activist activates others to join forces uh, to to make the arts more accessible for everyone. So that's the that's that's my my definition of it. But I also uh, uh, utilize the arts as a platform for social justice causes mm-hmm. Uh I'm very involved with the Metropolitan Wilmington Urban League. I'm very involved with the National Coalition of 100 Black Women. And whatever programming that we do, I'm the, I'm the voice at the table, myself and B.B. Ross Coker. <laughs> It'll be like two little voices in the wind. They say, no, whenever people gather together, we should always have creative expression. It binds us in a way that just a regular a regular speech doesn't 
doesn't necessarily do it. It can be invigorating, but it helps the audience go from being observers to participants. Hmm. And people want to participate in life. People don't want to just observe life as a third party, as an outsider. So the arts and creativity invites all of us in when we're sharing the same space. And so as an activist, I bring that voice um, and that insistence to the table. Could you speak uh, to both your your personal uh, engagement in this as well as Christina Cultural Arts Center's engagement in this, the, the notion of collaboration? I mean, as an organization and as an individual, you, your names are connected to so many different uh, uh, initiatives from working with a creative vision factory to Wilmington Renaissance. You've served on the Wilmington Hope Commission. Could you talk about the, the power of that, those partnerships and that kind of collaboration? Okay. Uh, thank you for the question, Paul. So if uh, uh, just sticking with the same thematic uh, thought, connections are and partnerships that's 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 what collaborations are and so what it what it says is that we believe that we can um if you want what is that expression if you want if you want to go fast go alone but mm-hmm. if you want to go far go together right so we believe yep. that we are we go uh, uh we are able to go far through our collaborations and uh i particularly uh enjoy our collaboration with the with the creative vision factory um they are uh serving a population every day that other people don't want to serve. They have behavioral um, health uh, concerns, behavioral health challenges. Uh, Some of them were really struggling to maintain their sobriety. And so to have this open door place with a great energy where people can come in and not be isolated and not be, and not be isolated because of depression or anxiety and come in and they're not professional artists, but they're engaging in art making Mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. So creative vision factory is one of our primary partners. Uh, We did partner with the uh, Wilmington Renaissance to really jumpstart the creative district. And then now it's taken on a life of its Mm -hmm. own. Um, So we, 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 yes, we believe in the power of partnerships. We believe in the power of we, Mm-hmm. Now you've you've been on on Market Street for wh- when did you move into that facility? I've been on Market Street so long, the long time <laughs> business owners are my neighbors. People say, "Why do you call them your neighbors?" Because I live next door to them for like the last twenty eight years. Uh, so uh, Kavanaugh's Tim mm-hmm. uh, at Kavanaugh. I I just saw they're celebrating their 30th anniversary. Congratulations (laughs) to Kavanaugh. I talk to Tim every day. Tim, Tim makes certain that I eat. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, (laughs) so we have, um, we have longtime neighbors on on market street and we have some very new neighbors, uh, uh, a a significant increase in residents, Mm -hmm. uh, residents that are living downtown in the Buccini pollen residences. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's been great, but we're, we are really a, 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 a close knit uh, community mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and we're, everybody's really excited about this big boom in terms of the uh, nightlife with the restaurants and the deco mm-hmm. and the bars, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. I was, I was going to ask you, uh, I mean, over, over the years that you've been on market street, uh, what can you say about the transformation, particularly in the, the art scene? You, you mentioned when you first moved there, there wasn't a whole lot that was apparent. No, you can see the tumbleweed blowing down the street. <laughs> so, so uh, it's 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 just a a a great energy. It's very very electric. It's people moving about. People, 
you know, uh, business people having lunch, people who live downtown walking their dogs, uh, with lots of children. We add the children mm-hmm. because when people were planning this revitalization, they didn't think that having children, uh, uh, school age children in the mix, they didn't think that was a part of the plan. And I, and I, you know, I said, well, you know, too bad because our babies are going to be there. And people t- uh, take great delight in watching them walk uh, to, uh, to the park and, and Very um, ethnically and socioeconomically diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's one um, big, it's taken a long time, but the vision is starting to be realized. And now now the, the challenge is to sustain it mm-hmm. and, to, and to continue to grow. Now we, we've got a couple minutes left, so I'm going to ask you, uh, in your, your career here in Wilmington and your work as an artist, what are some of your the highlights you're you're most proud of the accomplishments the experiences well that's that's a hard question to answer because it, it it's been so many you know when you when you acknowledge my work as as a as a vocalist as as a, a jazz singer um and I don't want to put myself in a box of singing other kind of music that's I'm most proud of the fact that I was able to put my children through college. Mm-hmm. Um, I sang in bars every weekend for, for four or five years uh, my, to have my children's tuition to pay. Because, yeah. again, I've always worked for nonprofits. Right. And so I've not made a, a, a lot of money. And um, those proving grounds, those practice grounds, um, they, they, they've, they've been, they were exciting at that time. Um, I will be performing at the Delaware Art Museum on October 24th, a very mm. different kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm past the, uh, uh, although I do still sing uh, every now and then in certain kinds of environments, but I'm, I'm doing concerts now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want the competition of, of uh, the background. I, I want uh, to be able for the musicians that uh, I work with for us to make an artistic offering mm-hmm. and to, and to, um, you know, tell stories through music. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, uh, I'm really proud of Christina Cultural Arts Center. I'm, I'm extremely proud of Coomba Academy. It's celebrating its 18th year uh, in serving young people uh, academically and in integrating the arts and academics. Uh, we're K through eighth grade. I'm very proud, very proud of, um, I'm just very proud of being able to have the perseverance and the grit to uh, just to, just to enjoy and to be transformed on a personal level. Well, Ray Jones-Avery, thanks so much for joining us. I invite our listeners to join you on October 28th at Dover Downs at 4 o'clock to be part of a free and open to the public uh, awards ceremony for the Governor's Awards for the Arts.